is up, bros? Welcome to the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we are a couple of aspiring filmmakers that love to watch and critique movies, but also enjoy a lot of bit of the nerd life. Um, another slow news week for us this week. Uh, we don't have really anything to talk about other than one new 4K coming out. Um, yeah, one movie that we're kind of excited about, or at least I am. I don't know your feelings about it yet. I, I, <laughs> dude, I, I'm not going to lie. I straight up forgot. The, oh, yeah. I straight up forgot the movie that came out on 4K this week. Oh, my God. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, dude, shut up. <laughs> I put it in it's the outline been, and everything. Well, I'm on the debate page right now, so kiss my ass. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about that. Like I said, nothing else news item worthy or nothing that we saw that caught our eye um but after that we'll be getting into our headliner this week which will be our breakdown of the batman uh so yeah without further ado let's say we uh get into it let's do it hey guys I'm Crash, host of the podcast Crash and Taz's Movie Seller. On our show, me and my co-host pick a new movie each week and rate each movie on a few categories that we think are important to making a great movie. After we rate the movie, it gets a final rating, and that lands it somewhere on our seller scale, where it will get labeled as either a well, premium, or a top shelf film. Catch us on platforms like Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and more. And don't forget to follow us on social media. On Instagram, as Crash and Taz's Movie Seller, it's Crash, the letter N, Taz Movie Seller, with underscores in between each word, and on Facebook, Crash and Taz Movie Seller, uh, where you, as a listener, can suggest movies for us to rate, and also give us some constructive criticism to make the show more entertaining. Overall, don't forget to follow or subscribe, and rate and review us, and get ready for an entertaining show with us. See you guys then. Alrighty, first up in 4K Spotlight. We have one new movie coming to us this week. Um, Rose, you want to talk about this one? I would love to. So, the, God damn it. Um, so, the, stupid freaking cord. Sorry. Um, so, with this week uh, on 4K, we're getting the uh, remake of uh, West Side Story, the movie that did so amazing at the box office. Like, whew. Man, it, it gave Spider-Man No Way Home a run for its money. I'm like, wow. If y'all didn't, you know, catch on, that was total sarcasm. Because God, it, okay, wrong. you you did say that in a tone where I was just like, okay, did it really? <laughs> oh, dude, it bombed. It, did it really? Yeah, dude, dude. Oh shit. Yeah, you want to you want to see how bad? Uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, let's find its Wikipedia page, because, yeah, it's bad. So, keep in mind, the budget was $100 million, and that doesn't include advertisement. Okay. Okay, well, Okay. wait. I swear that number was a lot lower a couple weeks ago. <laughs> it's still bombed. Uh, but I thought it was a lot worse than that. It only made $73.7 million. Ooh, damn. Yeah, I thought it was a lot worse. I thought it was like 50, but never mind. It's still bombed, though. 
So it's only made what seventy five percent of its. Yeah, basically. Budget? Yeah, well, Tango, not even that. Seventy three percent. Damn. That sucks. So, because I know, because I mean, I don't know how it's done on Disney Plus so far, but I remember like people saying like, "Oh yeah, well, but you know, Encanto didn't do that well at the box office." And to them, I say, "Let me pull up Encanto's box office." Um. So Encanto's budget was between 120 and 150 million. It did only gross 248 million, but I would defend that with that ever since it started streaming on Disney Plus, it has topped the charts of stream movies that have been streamed every single week. It's been number 1. Damn. So it is making its killing on Disney Plus. Yeah, dude, it that movie though was like so good, so ah, that good. movie was perfection. God, I love that movie. Yeah, but, but this movie, dude, like, we're, it seems like the reviews were pretty, like, oh, yeah. decent. Like, in oh yeah, the reviews to... were great. Like, people were saying that it's one of Steven Spielberg's best movies. Um. That might be stretching it, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen I mean, it, but I mean, it's but... not—it's not better than you know, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but you know, I was thinking more done. like Star Wars or just Indiana Jones in general. Well, he—you're thinking um, George. Wait, I'm thinking. Oh my gosh, I'm thinking of George Lucas. Yeah, we're thinking of George Lucas. But wait, didn't okay? Didn't Steven Spielberg direct Indiana Jones four? That's a. Um, I don't know. Hold on. Yeah, I'm looking up too. Yeah, he he directed um. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay, so so he's okay. So has he directed all Indiana Jones films? Hold on, I'm going. I'm going back to. Shit, he has directed a shit ton of stuff. Yeah. I mean, hell, didn't he direct? Or... Wait, now I'm like, did he... Uh, so he did E.T. Okay. Uh, Goonies, Back to the Future, Who Framed Roger Wait, Rabbit. Oh, that was I executive thought, producer credit. I thought Back to the Future was Robert Zemeckis. Hold on. Let me go back and just, just check. <laughs> okay, executive producer. Son of a bitch. I was looking for his director credits. <laughs> Uh, okay. Wait, wait, hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah, I know. Scratch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I son of a bitch. I had his producer tab open. Oh, you're I'm so up. dumb. You were not. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. He has. I'm just gonna bring up movies that like I know. Okay, he has Jaws. Okay. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. E.T. Temple of Doom. Last Crusade. So he, yeah, he he's. So he did all four. He did the original ones for sure. Oh yeah, and Crystal Skull. Is he doing five? Um. Does not say. 
hope he is, because you got a good thing going here. Yeah, he's done Hook, Schindler's List, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park 2, Saving Private Ryan. Damn, I forgot how impressive his list is. <laughs> yeah, Adventures of Tintin, War Horse, Lincoln, Ready Player One. And now, oh yeah, I forgot he directed that. Yeah, and West Side Story now. So his his directing credits are like insane. Yeah, wow. He's just so, unfortunately not the biggest draw at the box office anymore. That's surprising to me, though. Like, just, like, are any of these movies, like, I feel like a lot of his movies didn't catch on super quick. Like, other than, like, Indiana Jones. But, like, did E.T. do, like, super well? Or, I don't... I actually do not know. Like, I feel like that one took a a, a minute to, to catch on, but... Yeah, like I don't know if Steven Spielberg's always any like ever been like a huge selling point. I think it actually I think ET did catch on very fast because I remember when um Atari had to I think it was Atari had to uh, make ET the video game because of how popular the movie was and then they turned out that piece of shit that is arguably to many the worst video game of all time. Yeah. But yeah, like I don't know if Steven Spielberg has ever been like the selling point of a movie like he's definitely been a selling point but i don't know if he's ever been the selling point fair enough i'm very interested to see how much et did make at the box office we are like really getting off topic here aren't we oh yeah Holy shit. Okay, well, isn't that like over the years, though? <laughs> for how many times it's been re-released? Okay, so the budget for E.T. was $10.5 And I'm pretty sure this is just accumulated from the many re-releases that the film has had. Um, and this might be adjusted for inflation. But it's it made $792 million. Holy ballsack. <laughs> <laughs> that, that has to be many... In many releases in theaters. There's, yeah, that, that, I'm, I'm calling there's... bullshit. That is not just one run. Yeah, unless E.T. was the only movie to have been released in 1982. E.T. E. was the end game of 82. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah, um... But yeah, getting back but, to it, um, yeah. I, I am pretty excited to see West Side Story. I am too. I just don't know if I want to watch it on Disney Plus first or blind buy it when it comes out next week. Um, so I'm still deciding. But if you guys do want to um, pick it up, uh, they are releasing just a regular Blu-ray and 4K, as well as a Best Buy exclusive steelbook, which looks freaking bitching because it has the two opposing um, groups uh, on each side of the steelbook. So when you like kind of like open it up and like flip it over, you can see them facing each other. But it's just like the silhouettes, and it looks freaking awesome. I love it. I really want it actually now, looking at it closer. God damn it. 
Hmm. Is I may have this wrong. <laughs> and I feel like I'm going to sound like an idiot asking this. Is this the movie with like the Greasers and Pony Boy? No, that's The Outsiders. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I just started thinking about that, and I was just like, for some reason, that the phrase "stay golden, pony boy" has been like <laughs> stuck in my head, and I'm like, I kept thinking like, yeah, that's West Side Story, but I, I may have not seen anything about West Side Story now that I'm thinking about it. No, sorry, because... man, it ain't the Greaser versus the Socias, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'm so glad I got that out there before I watched it because I like if I'm going to check and see if Brielle wants to watch it, but I'm, I'm so glad that I got it out before I I watched it with her if she wants to watch it, of course, because I honestly probably would have been like, that was weird. Where the hell's was Pony Boy? <laughs> Why didn't they say at least stay gold one time? Yeah, I know. <laughs> kind of shitty they took a com- <laughs> an entire character out of this movie <laughs> oh man oh my gosh wait so you haven't seen the outsiders either or have you uh no i have not seen the outsiders what? either i i have read the book wait um, wait who did you have for eighth grade english i went or seventh oh eighth grade english I don't Maybe remember who. Is there seven? Because did you have Dorsey at all? No. Okay. Because yeah, I remember when we read The Outsiders, she showed us the movie after. Yeah, I. I can't remember who I had for English. Or, I'm sorry, language arts. I don't remember who I had for language or, arts. Or wait. Maybe no, I'm sorry. No, it's called English out here in Utah, but in California we always called it language arts. It's weird. Do you remember the other teachers? Uh No, not off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah, I'd have to look at my yearbooks. You still have those? Somewhere. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I yeah, feel like I don't a... even know where mine are. Dude, the, I feel the only reason I've kept him around is because I know that Iris and like any other kids that I have are gonna have fun looking through them. That no, that's true. Hey, look, oh, hey, mom, who's that weird fucker? Oh, that's your dad. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on um, you, Iris and or Brielle and I didn't even go to the same school until. <laughs> Actually, that's we've never true. been to the same school. Okay, that's true. So, screw right. you. <laughs> <laughs> no, what the what would make it the best is uh, if one if Iris or uh, your uh, next child says, "Hey, mom, who's the four eyes? That's your uncle Rose." Oh, okay. Yeah, like they wouldn't know. <laughs> I mean, hey, you never know. I, I mean, I mean, people gotta... change, but you haven't changed that much. I mean, no, that's true. You've lost a lot of weight since since junior high, but see, I disagree. No, I you're I've... you're wrong, dude. <laughs> I feel I've gained weight since junior high and high school. That, okay, other than like getting like bigger, 
like See, in you scale. Admit it. No, no. It, <laughs> I meant bigger in scale, not like it, like in height and everything. Like, no, you've thinned out a lot. Like you used to like. I feel like I could have gone to like Jack Black could come to you and ask for s- stretchy pants, <laughs> like way back in junior high. But you, you've lost you you've lost a lot of weight since since then. Well, thank you for making me feel good because that was amazing. <laughs> Jack Black stretchy pants. <laughs> Now I can't get the scene in the Simpsons movie out of my head when comic book guy comes to Marge and he says, thanks for giving me your pregnancy pants. I've never known comfort like this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, But yeah, like, if you don't think that, like, you, when's the last time you looked at our yearbook? Uh, probably like two years. Yeah, so I I would definitely go back. So if if I if I can prove that I am if I am thinner in in the yearbook than I am now, do I get to kick you in the ass? Sure, I'll take that okay. bet. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> like oh. now, like I feel like now you're at like a healthy physique, and. I mean- I mean, you know, uh, but yeah, like way I back hear, when you were just, you were like a couple donuts away from being able to do the <laughs> truffle shuffle. <laughs> hey, from what I hear, both men and women are into uh, dad bods now. That's like the sexy thing. Nobody gives a shit about muscle anymore. Yeah, thank the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. I think so that I'm was good that, there. I think that's just been men who don't want to work out anymore, just gaslighting the ever living shit out of society. Yeah, you know what? Fair enough. And I will, <laughs> I will fully take that. I as will I. <laughs> oh man. Um, so yeah, West Side Story. Uh, that Best Buy exclusive Steelbook. It's something. Um. <laughs> Um, besides the Steelbook, we also have a, a Target exclusive, um, which I'm assuming it's the same shit. It comes with a gallery book. That's usually what Target exclusives always are. Freaking Dom. Oh, it's two limited edition foil etched prints. And those actually look pretty badass. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. I kind of wish the, the art on the, on the um, Target exclusive was on the Steelbook. It really, really not. Yeah, it's like it's the the couple like dancing, uh, but it's like kind of like painted in like red and blue and some like other colors. And then behind them is the uh, two groups like facing off against each other. Sick! It looks so cool. No, I'm not double dipping on a movie I've never even freaking seen. <laughs> I'll if I if I end up watching it tonight, I'll let you know how it is. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So that is, I'm pretty sure that's it for 4K. I just want to double check. Uh oh, shit! What? That's coming to 4K? Have you ever seen The Apartment? No. 
amazing old-time film. Came out in 1960. One of the funniest movies I've seen. It's a great comedy. I recommend it. Really? Yeah. It's yeah, called it, The Apartment? It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it won uh, the uh, Best Picture Award in 1960. Wow. Yeah. it's Dude, trust me. It's that good. It is so good. So, ooh, I, ooh, shit, I might need to pick that up on Tuesday, god damn it. Well, if you're giving it that much praise, I'll definitely have to check it out. What sucks is it doesn't come with a digital copy. Damn it. Freaking lame. Seriously. Get with the times, people. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, because, yeah, that doesn't come with a uh, digital copy, but yet Singing in the Rain, which is coming out, I think, later this month or next month, comes with a digital copy on 4K. Freaking weird. I, I'm very confused, but you know what? Whatever. Um, but yeah, so that is it for, uh, 4K Spotlight. Alright, cool. Well, with that, I do believe that we can get into this week's headliner, uh, where we break down the Batman. Alrighty, if you are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final All Bros letter grade. The eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal grade at the very end. Um... Then all of those magic numbers get averaged out, spit into our algorithm, and gives us a, a letter grade to compare to all the other movies that we've we've discussed. Um, so, if you have not seen the Batman yet, spoiler alerts ahead. We will be ruining the entire freaking movie, and if you listen past this point. And the movie is spoiled for you. It is your own freaking fault. <laughs> yes, it, it really is very, very much your fault. Yeah. So, like I said, spoiler alerts ahead. This is your final warning. Uh, so with that, Rose, would you like to read off the uh, synopsis for this movie? I would love to. So, okay. Here we go. Huge spoilers, like, like Caleb said. On Halloween night in Gotham City, Batman and Spider-Man meet. He's a spoiler there. He's a spoiler (laughs) there, guys. Like, come on. Um, (laughs) All right. Okay. On Halloween, Gotham City Mayor Don Mitchell Jr. is murdered by a man calling himself the Riddler. Reclusive billionaire Bruce Wayne, who has operated for two years as the vigilante Batman, investigates alongside the Gotham, the Gotham City Police Department. Lieutenant James Gordon... Uh, okay, they put a period in a bad place, assholes. I'm gonna... Uh, you know what? We're gonna start that over. 
Reclusive billionaire Bruce Wayne, who has operated for two years as the vigilante Batman, investigates alongside the Gotham City Police Department. Lieutenant James Gordon discovers a message left for Batman by the Riddler, but Commissioner but Commissioner Pete Savage berates him for allowing a vigilante to enter the crime scene and forces Batman to leave. Soon after, the Riddler kills Savage and leaves another message for Batman. Batman and Gordon discover that the Riddler uh, left a thumb drive in Mitchell's car containing images of Mitchell with a woman, Annika Koslov, at the Iceberg Lounge, a nightclub operated by the Penguin, mobster mobster Carmine Falcone's lieutenant. While the Penguin pleads ignorance, Batman notices that Selina Kyle, Annika's roommate, works at the club as a waitress. Batman follows Selina home to question Annika, but the, but the latter soon disappears, so he sends Selina back to the Iceberg Lounge to search for answers. Through Selina, Batman discovers that Savage was on Fal Falcone's payroll as is direct as it God, I'm butchering this so bad, as is direct district attorney Gil Colson. Uh, Selina shuts off communication when Batman presses her about her relationship with Falcone. The Riddler abducts uh, Colson, straps a timed collar bomb to his neck, and sends him to interrupt Mitchell's funeral. When Batman arrives, the Riddler calls him via Coulson's phone and threatens to detonate the bomb if Coulson cannot answer three riddles. Batman helps Coulson answer the first two, but Coulson refuses to answer the third, the name of the informant who gave the GCPD information that led to a historic drug bust ending mobster Salvatore Marioni's operation and dies. Batman and Gordon deduce that the informant may be the Penguin and track him to a drug deal. They discover that Maroni's operation transferred to Falcone, with many GCPD officers involved. Selena inadvertently exposes them when she arrives to steal money. As the Penguin flees, Selena discovers Annika's corpse in a car trunk. Batman captures the Penguin, but learns that he was not the informant. Batman and Gordon follow the Riddler's trail to the ruins of an orphaned orphanage funded by Bruce's murdered parents, Thomas and Martha Wayne, where they learn that the Riddler holds a grudge against the Wayne family. Bruce's butler and caretaker, Alfred Pennyworth, is hospitalized after opening a letter bomb addressed to Bruce. The Riddler then leaks evidence that Thomas, who was running for mayor before he was murdered, hired Falcone to kill a journalist for threatening to reveal embarrassing details about Martha's history of mental illness. Bruce, who grew up believing his father was morally upstanding, confronts Alfred, who confirms the allegations, but states that Thomas did not intend for Falcone to murder the, murder the journalist and planned to turn him over to the police once he found out. Alfred believes that Falcone had Thomas and Martha killed to prevent this. Selina tells Batman that Falcone is her father, though Falcone does not know, know it. She learns that Falcone strangled Annika because Mitchell told her that Falcone was the informant and decides to kill him. Batman and Gordon arrive at the Iceberg Lounge in time to stop her, but the Riddler kills Falcone as he is arrested. The Riddler is soon unmasked as forensic accountant Edward Nashton and incarcerated in Arkham State Hospital, where he laments about failing to kill Bruce. He does not realize that Bruce is Batman, whom he idolizes and took inspiration from when targeting the corrupt. Nashton proposes a partnership, but Batman rejects him. Searching his apartment, Batman learns that Nashton has stationed car bombs around Gotham and cultivated an online following that plans to assassinate Mayor-elect Bella Real. 
The bombs destroy the break the breakwaters around Gotham and flood the city. A shelter is set up in an indoor arena where Ashton's followers shoot but fail to kill Real. Real. They are stopped by Batman and Selina. In the aftermath, Nashton befriends another inmate while Selina deems Gotham beyond say- saving and leaves. Batman aids recovery efforts and vows to inspire hope in Gotham. Hell yeah. Alright, starting off with the story. This movie suffers from some pacing issues. V- very. Um, th- this could have, I'm sorry, this could have been a two and a half hour movie. It did not need to be three hours. I, mm, honestly, I think it's just the, the waiting, like some of, like, I think, feel like definitely there were some scenes that could have been removed or shortened down. I don't know if it was a full half hour's worth though. Okay, fair enough. Like, because this was like, what? It was two hours and 50... I think 57 minutes. 57 minutes. I feel like you could have gotten it down to like 245. That's it? I'm just kidding. Yeah, like, I don't think it was a lot. I don't think it was like a full half hour. Because I feel like I've seen movies where it feels like like you could legitimately take out... Like, like, uh... Like the second Matrix movie, you could have easily shortened that down by a half hour and still been like needing to take more out. This movie, it it didn't need too much. It just needed a little bit more cleaning up. Yeah, fair enough. Other than that, the story was pretty bitchin'. Yeah, um... Not gonna lie, once again, Matt Reeves knocks it out of the park like he always does with his movies. Um, once he was announced as the director for this film, after uh, the uh, Planet of the Apes movies that he did, because um, I know he didn't do the first, but he did do Dawn and War, which are incredible, remarkable films. Um, I, I, I had a feeling that this was going to be a great origin story, and like, like Caleb said, even though there are some pacing issues, I was not let down one bit. Yeah, not even a little bit. And dude, like, I di- didn't realize that he was the one that did uh, Dawn and War. So, now, like, thinking about it, it definitely had some some of those vibes to it. Right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Damn it. Sorry about that. But I think he did such a good job at giving us a Batman we've never seen before. Yes, I love seeing a Batman that is like in his younger years that is still trying to find his way as Batman because Ben Affleck's Batman was well into his career as the Caped Crusader, so was um Christian Bale's. Um so seeing like they said a Batman that has only been Batman for 2 years is a very interesting thing and the way that they explore it, the way that um you can definitely tell he definitely doesn't i mean batman i don't know would you say batman has ever pulled his punches i would say no like I mean, it, it just felt in this one like he was definitely not pulling his punches yeah like like for sh- for sure like i i think with um like the closest we've gotten to a batman that's like this is 
is definitely the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Like, at least the when it comes to, like, begins, because... But it also seemed like he was very... I don't feel like they, they focused a whole lot on things that were new to him. Like, it felt like he was just a very capable, like, almost unbeatable person from the get-go. But with this, like, with this rendition, you could see Batman taking hits. Like, he was freaking getting shot at, which was just insane. Like, I I loved the opening. Like, I, I loved how much we Batman we got in this compared to other movies. That is fair. Like, I feel we got so much more Batman. Like, he spent a majority of the movie in the cowl. Yeah, you... <laughs> I can honestly only account, like... On one hand, how many scenes we actually saw with just Bruce Wayne. Yeah, which it's it's usually so opposite, especially like Christian Bale's Batman. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like with with Christian Bale, you like I said, he does seem very like competent, almost like an indestructible force, but he is kind of taken it's all it's He's only ever challenged by people that have similar skill levels as him. Like, he's able to freaking just beat the shit out of, like, normal everyday villains. And, like, if we're talking, like, Batman Begins, he's able to take down, like, everyday villains, like, no problem. But when it comes to, like, Ra's al Ghul, he gets his ass kicked a little bit. And then same thing with, like, Scarecrow. Like, Scarecrow kind of puts him on the on the ropes a little bit only after he gets poisoned and so it's it's almost like he is like this indestructible being but like i loved seeing this batman where he did seem like vulnerable but still had that like that essence of fear like i like like i was saying with the opening and it's showing like these different criminals like or just like ne'er-do-wells um just kind of out and about doing whatever like there was someone like um uh what's it called graffitiing uh a bank and then someone else that was like robbing a, a convenience store and then there was these other people that were like stalking this man and getting ready to like beat him up and all of them like saw the bat signal in the sky, looked into like somewhere with darkness, and it's like they're just like, mm, I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> like, dude, like legit, no, just like that's something we never got to see from any of the other Batman. Like we've ne- we've never gotten to see like the criminal's point of view from being like oh shit is that is Batman <laughs> in that shadow? It's true. It's very true. And so like just the the terror of looking into just utter darkness and hearing like these these footsteps almost like I I kept like thinking like it sounds like he's wearing spurs. 
dude, right? (laughs) (laughs) Which, or like he has like change in his boots or something. So it's just ching, ching. I don't know why that got annoying to me after a while. It it did. Okay. (laughs) It it very much did. Um. But but dude, like, I'm a sucker for like westerns. And just hearing that is just like a crazy level of intimidation. At least, at least for me, like I, I freaking this. loved it. <laughs> so, I'm. Is it safe to assume that with your with Arthur and Red Dead Two, you had him wearing spurs? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> See, I can't do them at all. I don't know. To me, they kind of look tacky on boots, but that's just me. I had like the the dark ones that were like really small. So you would still just get the, the chinking when he would walk. Um, but yeah, I, I I would usually put spurs on. I respect. Hell, if I thought I could get away with it, I'd wear spurs. (laughs) Oh, good. Dude, I just, I love it, dude. Like, you know how, like how much I love when like my pockets get a little bit, loose and i have my keys in there and so when i'm like every time i take a step with my left leg it's like every time i take a step like oh my gosh freaking love it (laughs) i never knew this about you i love that that's cool i i've been told a lot that i have a very um intimidating cadence to my walk that you... you know what I, I I can agree with that. I say that in a loving brother way. Yeah, like I've had I've had people come to my my house and like when I'm here, when it's just me, when they know it's just me, and they're like, "Yeah, I'll like I'll, I'll knock," <laughs> then I'll hear you walking towards me, but it's not like it's not fast, but it's not like slow. It's just, they're just like, you're, because I, like, I live in a trailer, and so, like, you can hear freaking everything. So they're like, yeah, when you're walking to the door, you can, like, hear it. (laughs) It's, like, scary. (laughs) And I'm just, like, when I'm just walking around barefoot, they're just like, it sounds like you're walking around in, like, boots. (laughs) And, like, purposefully stomping. But... Yeah. Um like I loved that opening for for Batman. So Just, needless to say if you, you know, like were to put on your own superhero armor, your your boots would sound like Batman's then. <laughs> You're damn right they would. Yeah. I like I said I would freaking hide like spare change in those bitches. <laughs> or it's just Good. something so I could get that like that sound. <laughs> Good lord. I love it. But yeah, like, we got to, like, I love that we got to see the detective side to Batman. Like, that's not something I feel we've we've gotten to see a whole lot. I agree. And what I loved is we got to see, and this is a huge spoiler alert, even though I already read it. um, We got to see him kind of, like, fail at being a detective when he discovers the riddle about the package that has been left to for him at um, Wayne Manor. But then when he calls and tries to get, you know, like Alfred out, it turns out that 
the uh, bomb that was in uh, the <clears throat> riddle that, that was sent to Bruce, um, that bomb had gone on, gone off like an hour ago. Yeah. Like, he didn't... That one, I like, I'll say this, I didn't view that as his failure, just because it... I feel like he did think that it could have been like any old orphan. Okay, fair enough. And so like heading to an orphanage like just it kind of made sense. But I thought the the real failure was when he was talking to Penguin and kept thinking like you're the rat, you're the rat, you're the rat and he he's like what? Like are you freaking joking? And then when they start like talking like discussing the clues uh penguin is the one that's like that points out like are you shitting me like no just like any freaking idiot knows that l and la are very different and <laughs> in oh, spanish yeah. yeah and then they're just like oh and then just leave his ass there which was <laughs> made <laughs> that me laugh. was great oh that was freaking hilarious yeah so that's like one of the, the scenes that I really liked because, like, it just in a way it does humanize Batman, and doesn't make me him feel like this brought Batman down to earth like a ton for me, because I've always viewed Batman as like this person that nothing gets past him, and like he's he's smarter than every one of his. His villains, like he knows these riddles off the top of his head. He never misses a clue. He never misses this or that. Like he's like basically like an undefeatable super being. This put him in a place where I'm like, okay, I can see someone actually being Batman. Like making these like little minor mistakes in their detective work. Getting punched in fights getting like freaking knocked the hell out <laughs> yeah that was insane <laughs> yeah so it's just like like that kind of stuff it just like really brought him down to a realistic level and i appreciated the hell out of it just because i feel like if you look at all the other like super people like they're they're basically gods they're like unattainable ideals like especially like superman oh yeah like i feel like superman is like super difficult to relate to <laughs> and then like batman's always been like that almost one. next to impossible to relate to <laughs> yeah like he's just like a super boy scout with like invulnerability pa like it's just unattainability <laughs> and and that's what I like about Marvel characters better is because they're a lot more realistic and relatable. Oh yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, but this this did an amazing job with that. And like I said, other than the like the pacing issues, like the story was really good. I really liked what they did with the Riddler, even though this what technically wasn't like the Riddler that I'm used to. This is more like serial killer. <laughs> so it's right up my alley. Yeah. 
like I, I think they said Maybe that that's they based, why I loved him so much. Yeah, I think they said they based his um his Riddler off of the Zodiac Killer. Oh, I love that. So that would honestly make sense because it would just because of like the way that they do the question mark in this movie. It's not just like the the, the question mark like it has like kind of like like little circle not like not circles but like kind of like half circles surrounding it. Yeah. In some instances. So that makes absolute sense. Oh god, I love oh man, I love this character even more now. That yeah. makes me sound so freaking twisted. Oh my god. Uh, like just a little bit, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I I love that we we got to follow along with this. Oh, and freaking hell, when he did this I loved how they did like a reverse reveal with with Batman where they started talking about oh shit, he knows who the Batman is. Like he's going to reveal who the Batman is and then he gets there and then reveals he has no freaking clue who the bat or who Batman is. Dude, right. <laughs> that would yeah, that that was some good ass writing right there. Like <laughs> they had me. <laughs> they freaking had me. Dude, I was just like shit, like they are just like totally one-offing this Batman, huh? And nope, like they oh my Gosh, dude, like I was that scene where he's in the in talking to Riddler and he's like, like feeling like he's about to like reveal that he's Batman because they they throw you off so bad because he starts talking about Bruce Wayne a lot and talking about all this other stuff. And then Riddler's just like. But he's the one we missed. And then you see Batman like open his eyes like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, my gosh, dude, I I was losing my mind over that. I'm just like, oh, shit. (laughs) But. Yeah, I, I just I really appreciated the. The realistic approach that they took to. Batman, Give, making him make mistakes and and everything. Like, I feel like a real cop out would have been if he did find the bombs and was able to like go and deactivate them or whatever. And but no, like ultimately, like if you really think about about it, ultimately, Batman failed. It's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, he did not... He wasn't able to save any of the victims. He fell right into Riddler's traps. He did not figure out the clues in time to... Before, like, the, the vans exploded and flooded Gotham. Like, he didn't figure any of that shit out. But I think what the goal was is to instill fear into the everyday everyday criminal for Batman but also give Gotham like a new sense of hope which which I feel like they did beautifully with um with the, like the electric cable thing and Batman jumping to that and then cutting the line falling into the water 
seeing the in like just basically a his call to action with helping the citizens of Gotham. Like he jumps out of the water, goes to the people that are trapped underneath stuff, moves stuff for an opening and begins to like guide these people out. Like opens the flare and like becomes that guiding light to the people of Gotham, which I like oh such good like such a good vision to see. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like we've always seen Batman as someone who's like intimidating. Like we've never seen him as that beacon of hope. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's a very good point. Like I feel like we've seen kids and whatnot be like, "Oh, look, it's Batman," but that's like that's it. Or like they discuss Batman, but that's it. Like we never get to see like how or why he is really like why he wants hope or not wants hope why he um aspires to that because and we'll get into it with character development a little bit but i like how he goes from vengeance to to hope no, like yeah, hope it's, for it's... hope for a better gotham and yeah no, it's, it's it's very good character growth it is really hard for me to like to decide where I'm at story wise. <laughs> um, where are you at? You know, I I really did enjoy the story. Um, it did have some slow parts, like I've said, but overall, this is a very solid Batman story. Um, and minus the pacing, I. I literally have very few issues with how the story is told. So, I, you know, I'm going to go a 90. I'm going to go a little bit higher than you. I'm, I think I'm going to be at a, like a, a 93. I'm not quite in like the 95 realm just because of the pacing issues. Yeah. Um, But everything else that we saw was just... It was different, and it was. I feel like it was a fresh take on Batman. Like everything felt fresh. Like we didn't see Batman's parents being killed, which was like a number one seller for me. Yeah, that was kind of a breath of fresh air. Yeah, we got to see some like different sides to the like Thomas and Martha instead of it just being some rando thug in the streets it they died f- like for a reason <laughs> i still i don't be wrong i liked the reason in this one but i do like i liked the reasoning in uh the joker better just that there know, was like feel... anarchy in the streets yeah well situation. yeah and it, it just kind of like built up to it with how um the, the the goon that kills them says what the joker says you get what you deserve Right as he shoots them, and so it was just you know them getting rid of um all of the like stuck up uh what's the word stuck up rich I don't want to say pigs but ri- rich folk yeah yes like 
The issue that I had with the Joker's representation of that was, yes, that it was just like complete and utter anarchy in the streets. And they kind of like shoehorned their way into making Thomas Wayne look like a villain. Like with how like mean and aggressive he was to towards Joker. Okay. And so like they went I feel like they went out of their way to make him look like a douche. And with this it felt like very very real where Thomas Wayne was a good person but had like made a mistake. And then when they realized that they couldn't manipulate him through that mistake, then they're like, okay, shit, like he's got some dirt on us. We need to get him out of the way. So like, I don't know. Like, I just like that a little bit better. Like, like, cause like Alfred said, he, his father was a good person. His only mistake was trusting that, this this mob boss would handle things in an appropriate manner. <laughs> sure. Which like his his um his motivations were very noble, wanting to hide Martha from the 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 public eye of all the like this embarrassment behind her like mental health issues, which I really like that they they handled that a was little that bit. In the comics? No, I, I don't okay. think it was. Well I don't know. <laughs> I am not that familiar with with Batman. Uh or at least his parents. So I feel like that's something that they could touch upon eventually one day, but the only indication that anything was wrong with Martha I, that I've seen is during uh, the Flashpoint movie. Like the, the Flashpoint Paradox, I think it's called. Where in, like in this alternate world, instead of Thomas and Martha Wayne being killed, it was Bruce Wayne that, that was killed. And yeah, so it was like this alternate reality where Thomas Wayne becomes the Batman and Martha in her grief goes completely mad and becomes the Joker. Wow. Okay. So that is like an interesting storyline. Yeah. I, I would love to read that story more if they have it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that, that's, like I said, that's the only indication that anything mental health related is up with Martha. Other than that, I don't know if they've ever touched upon that. Okay. But I feel like it it was a good addition, kind of gave some more, more color to uh the Waynes. I'd agree with that. Instead of these like 
rich people that just got shot in an alley. <laughs> I love how you say that. <laughs> like it, it just gave him like something a little bit more interesting than just like than being like like I said, being rich in an alley. So, I I I liked it. Um. So writing, or moving on to oh well, first off, story uh, ended up averaging out to a ninety-one point five. So moving on over to writing, what what did you think? Uh overall, I thought I thought it was really good. Um, everything that um the the um I would say not only the Riddler but the Penguin said was amazing especially the riddler um and this you know leads into the act into acting so i'll definitely mention it there as well but um his lines were just so intimidating um and uh just that um i mean even the way his uh, character is written and um i want to know though how many freaking rolls of duct tape this man went through because from the looks of it, it looks like he uses like two rolls on each victim. He uses a shit ton of that. That rolls. is a lot of freaking duct tape. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, writing was super solid. Um, I really don't have a lot of problems with it. Um, and also, you know what? I should probably mention this. And I, it might have been just because you know, uh, I <laughs> good your good old buddy Rose here just has not been getting the the right amount of sleep that he needs. So, um, I'll fully admit there were a couple of times in this movie that I caught myself dozing off for like ten twenty seconds, and I felt really bad. Um, so <laughs> there were there were times that like uh, honestly, it was a good thing that I read the Wikipedia. Um, I'm like, oh yeah, you know the whole dozing off thing. Like I said, I felt really bad about it, um, but I I think that might have um, I I might have actually missed some good like lines because of that, um, and I do apologize. Um, but no, overall the writing is very very good. Uh, Matt Reeves did an amazing job with the script. Well, actually, I don't even know if he wrote the script. Who wrote the script? Um, excellent question. Let's find out. Uh, Matt Reeves and Peter Craig. Oh, hell yeah. It was Matt Reeves, too. Yeah. Like, he he honestly did a really, really good job. And, yeah, the way he wrote Riddler, I feel like, if anything, the Riddles could have been a little bit more difficult. (laughs) You know what? Fair enough. Um... But other than that, like, everyone was well, like, super well written. Like, I'm I'm trying to think of, like, any dialogue that I felt, like, that maybe was wasted or, but everything, you, like, um, fit in. How did you feel about the writing for Catwoman? I thought it was really strong for Catwoman. Like... Yeah, like, it it was really, really, really strong for her. I felt like she had the, 
the proper motivations that she was she was all for helping Batman out. Like, okay, like we can team up this one time, but the second that she thought she had a lead on what she was like in for in the beginning, which was just about finding her friend and realizing, oh, this person knows something about my friend. I'm going to go get them (laughs) (laughs) and like not make Batman's life any easier. Like, I loved that. I love that she just kind of picked up her shit and went off to do her own thing. Like, she wasn't... It kind of just made me feel like, okay, she's not a hero. Batman's not turning her into a hero. She is out for herself and for her goals. And she didn't really, like, deviate from that until until the end when she went to go help Batman out. No, that that is very true. I absolutely agree. You know, super solid writing for her as well. Yeah, um Alfred was great. Freaking Andy Circus killed it as as Alfred. Yes. Dude, freaking all the, the writing for uh, Commissioner Gordon amazing oh my gosh dude whoever decided to make jeffrey wright commissioner gordon chef's freaking kiss absolutely agree he is a great successor to um oh my god how do i forget his name from the dark knight trilogy gary oldman yes oh my dude he he did so good and i feel like I did hear a lot of bitching and complaining online about Jeffrey Wright being cast as Commissioner Gordon because people were just like, oh, Commissioner Gordon's typically, like, white. Oh, my God. And I'm like, he, out of everyone in the DC universe, he's, like, one character where their race or gender doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, it's not like, um, it's not like Bruce Wayne. Like, Bruce Wayne is, like, one of the rich, rich people that comes from old money. And who had old money growing up? White people. Like, you, you kind of have to make Batman white. Same with Superman. Like, Superman is just kind of like unfortunately American dream kind of shit with him. So as much as I hate to say it, then wonder woman, you kind of have to go a little European. I feel like flash. You could race bend a little bit if you wanted to. That's fair. Um, Aquaman, you can, I feel like you could, uh, race bend a little bit. Even though I do feel like he comes from like old fisherman stock. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I feel them casting Jason Momoa was kind of. Um, you feel that was like a race, a race bend? Not a, a little bit. I'm, I don't know. Looks the comics. Um, to me, it was. 
you know, like stand tall kind of muscly guy. Um, and then, you know, there, Jason Momoa comes in, long hair, you know, muscles, of course. But yeah, just friggin' muscles for days. <laughs> Jason Momoa is definitely not what I would have pictured um, who they would have cast as Aquaman. That's fair. But yeah, it's just like some characters, their their gender and their race don't really matter. As long as you have the essence of the character there. And yeah, and so Jeffrey Wright being Commissioner Gordon, like, are there some changes you're gonna have to make? Definitely. Like, you you kind of have to have a um a Batwoman that's uh that's differently a different as a different race, but again, not a big issue. Like. The Batwoman movie that's coming out like has a black actress in it in the role, and that's that movie's gonna be awesome. Like I don't know what universe that takes place in, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna be tied into this one in a way, maybe. Hey, Caleb, what's up? Are you having problems with your mic? Uh, I don't think so. Cause yeah, I'm getting like a lot of um. Like it keeps cutting out for you, over over on. Apologies if uh, the, uh, there's some additional white noise. Um, it's raining really bad tonight, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I can do I can do a lot of stuff. I can't change the weather. <laughs> um, but get yeah, getting back into writing. Everyone, I feel like everyone was written really well. Um, I really liked how Batman was written. I loved how, like, even when he was, like, Bruce Wayne. Like, I feel his Bruce Wayne could have been a little bit better. And maybe, like, I would have almost liked to see him come into his role as, as Bruce Wayne. Like, realizing, like, oh, I can't just be, like, dark and gloomy and not perform my duties as as Bruce Wayne. So, I I maybe would have liked to see him, like, take a, uh, take a little Bruce Wayne lessons. But, like, I mean, honestly, like, we don't go to movies to see Bruce Wayne. (laughs) Um, I disagree, but I'm just kidding. But, yeah, like, other, so... His Bruce Wayne was was okay for what we got, but I I love that the Riddler like when they were having their discussion that Riddler pointed out like not really caring who he is under the mask and saying like. Like, people don't understand the point of the mask. He's like, when I was wearing my mask, I was free to be who I truly am. And pointing out to Batman, like, I feel like you've, you're doing the, you've done the same. Like, you are being who you want to be. Like, who you really are. And that's always been something with, um, with Bruce Wayne. Like, 
apparently like Bruce Wayne, even in his own mind, when he's referring to himself, calls himself Batman. Like he does not refer to himself as Bruce Wayne. Like Bruce Wayne is is Batman's cover, not the other way around. Yeah. And so I love that they touched upon that in just like such a, a simple and elegant way. But I think the over the writing was really freaking strong through all of this movie. Yeah, I I would absolutely agree. Honestly, I'm I might be are you higher? I don't know if I'm high. I think I'm I think I'm at the same level. Okay. I think I think I'm going to be at 93 again. I'm going to actually go like slightly higher for mine. Uh so I'm going to go at 91. I can respect that. All right, well, that averages us out to a 92 for our writing. Uh, moving on over to acting, we have Robert Pattinson, who played Bruce Wayne slash the Batman. We have Zoe Kravitz, who played Selena Kyle slash Catwoman. Jeffrey Wright, who played Lieutenant James Gordon. Uh, Colin Farrell, who played the penguin paul dano who played the riddler john totoro who played carmine falcone andy circus who played alfred and i think that's it yeah i don't i don't think anyone else played like a big enough role to be included um I have a. Actually, I don't know if our top three is going to be the same. So, what's what's your top three look like? All right, number three, I'm going to get Robert Robert Pattinson because did a great. This was a great Batman. Um, He was the right pick for the job, and I really enjoyed his performance. Um, Number two, I'm going to give to Paul Dano. Uh, as the Riddler, he was incredible. Oh my God! Um, even under that mask, his acting was a top notch. It was so freaking good. Um, and number one, I'm gonna actually give to Colin Farrell. I or... knew it. <laughs> <laughs> um, because uh, for those, th- actually, I don't think I've ever um said this on the podcast. Um, the Penguin has always been my favorite uh, Batman villain ever since I was a kid. I've loved the Penguin. Um, and so seeing him on the big screen always just gives me a huge smile on my face. Um, and even though he's not in the movie a lot, I mean, he he's definitely not the main villain. The Riddler is the main villain of this, but he's still a very, very good side villain. And Colin Farrell just does an incredible job as him. The the prosthetics, oh my god, don't get him, even get me started on those, are incredible. Um, yeah, just Penguin was amazing in this film. Colin Farrell was incredible. So yeah, that's why he's number one. Dude, he is completely unrecognizable as right? the Penguin. And I, I'll, I'll be 100% real. I don't feel... Like his his acting or his performance 
this is going to be a very controversial thing that I'm about to say. I feel he brought the same energy into this movie that he did when he played Bullseye in Daredevil. I've never seen the original Daredevil, so I can't comment on that. Okay, for those of you that have seen Daredevil, so just first off, he played a completely shitty bullseye. (laughs) (laughs) But what the problem was, it was like in that weird span of time where superhero movies were starting to become a little bit more serious. And he did. It didn't feel like he was taking it that seriously, okay, right? Okay. Like he yeah. he was just kind of overacting, putting a little bit too much like weirdness and and energy where there didn't need to be any. Like if you watch his performance, it, it's it's super weird. And I say he brought the same energy into the Batman because I feel like. The Penguin was also this. He, but it was it was done in a good way. Like okay. He was he awesome. what, he definitely brought like a lot of enthusiasm and, and energy into playing the Penguin, but this was done right, or this was just happened to be the character that it worked for. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Now I got. Now I gotta watch Daredevil because I, I I gotta see how freaking bad the shit is. I do not. If you have not seen <laughs> Daredevil, um, you could probably just get away with watching the bullseye scenes on YouTube. Oh. <laughs> okay. I have a soft spot for that movie because it was like my first introduction to Daredevil, and he's like in my top 10 favorite superheroes. Um, so yeah, that's the only reason that I find that movie watchable. And even when I did watch it, like I rewatched it recently. Um, not good. (laughs) Yeah. That bad, huh? It it was just kind of like, okay, I I had my nostalgia kick (laughs) and I'm putting that movie away for a good couple of years. (laughs) Now, what about Electra? How is that? Absolute no. I'm not even talking about Electra. That oh, movie's complete and utter garbage. <laughs> but yeah, like I know that I would. I'm going to catch shit for that. Like some people are going to be like, "What?" But it's just, it was the same energy in the right circumstance. With his bullseye and Daredevil, it was the wrong energy in the wrong situation. <laughs> okay. So it was just it it just worked better. I feel like he ugh, especially with like a character like the penguin, like come on. Right right? <sighs> but yeah, like my my top three shit I'm number three this is freaking tough I'm going to give to Zoe Kravitz okay and (laughs) my top three is going to be 
very controversial. Okay. Um, yeah. So my number three, I'm going to give to Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle because anytime she was on screen, it was just she was just captivating. I think she. I'm really I'm trying really hard not to describe her how I'm about to describe her. <laughs> she has this seductiveness to her performance where it's just like has like those hints of of flirt in them that I feel I feel like Halle Berry tried having but just failed miserably. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, that's fair enough. Like, there's always like this, there's, there's a sexual energy between Catwoman and Batman. And she was able to pull off her Catwoman better than anyone to date has been able to. And I am including the animated uh, renditions of Catwoman in on this. Okay. They did such a good job at not being like overly sexual or overly flirtatious or anything like that. They were, it was just like there were hints of a flirt, flirt in there. And I feel like that works so much better. The the chemistry between Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson was just electric. Oh, dude, seriously, that's so good. like you you knew whenever they were looking at each other, that you're just like they're ready to friggin' just like to get at it. <laughs> like, and it would be oh, friggin' shit. just carnal. <laughs> oh my god. That was okay. That was, that was that was amazing. Yeah, but like that's just the vibe that they had, wasn't it? Oh yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I just didn't think you'd actually say it. Yeah, and then like the way that she acted when she was talking to to Batman and saying like "Come away with me, come away with me," and saying like "Oh, I guess you're spoken for." Like, in regards to the city, like, the way, like, it almost seemed like she was, like, disappointed. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. But, yeah, like, her, I, I loved every second of her performance, so that's why she's my number three. My number two, I have to give to Paul Dano. He, oh, good hell. His Riddler, though not comic accurate, was terrifying. He was so freaking scary. Right? Ugh. Like, the way that they, um... The way that they like introduced us to him, where the the mayor is is re or is watching this show, 
are watching the, like his debate on TV and hearing what the news is saying about it. And he's like pacing back and forth like multiple times. And when he like walks by one time, you suddenly see Riddler just standing there. Like, holy shit. Like, oh, dude, that was so freaking scary. Like, all you see is the eyes, and you're just like, I was, like, asking myself, I'm like, how does he not see that? How does he not see that? And then, like, realize, like, just how dark it was in that room. I'm like, I don't know if I would have seen that. Because <laughs> I always seem to, like, forget in in situations like that in movies, like... Or, like, if someone's, like, looking at you from, like, another room or looking at you from from somewhere. Like, you're not expecting that person to be there. So, it's like you're not yeah. looking for it. And how easy it is to pass by something and not realize it's there. Yeah. Like, it, it there's just, like, a lot of truth to that. Like, it's it's kind of like... It's kind of like how I get, like, scared from, like, bugs. <laughs> I, I am not, like... That. Wait, what? I did not know that. No, it, it's not like I'm I'm scared of bugs. Like, I'm not. I'm not uh, scared of bugs. Like, the only bug that I would say that I'm kind of afraid of is moths, but I feel it's just because I find them gross. Okay. Um... <laughs> but like when it comes to like to any sort of bug or beetle or whatever they s- scare me because I'm like walking around my house and then I suddenly see something moving that shouldn't <laughs> or it, it's not fair <laughs> it's or like when a cat sneaks up on on me like in a house that I've never been to. I'm not expecting to see a cat. And then suddenly, oh, there's a cat. And I'm like, oh! Like, it's the same, like, with bugs, too. And it's like, it's just that situation. Like, I'm not looking for bugs. But once I notice there's a bug, it it startles me. And so it it was kind of like that situation where I didn't, like, he wouldn't be looking for the Riddler (laughs) until it was like, too late. I love though that Caleb is the complete opposite of how a, someone usually reacts to a cat. They're usually like, "Oh, a kitty." Caleb's like, "Ah, oh, spawn a Satan." Yeah, cats are freaking evil, dude. No, they're not, dude. I was at my neighbor's house yesterday, and they had their cats out. They usually put their cats away when I come over, but for they were like feeding their cats, and. Like, I came and, like, walked around a corner, and the cat was there, and I, like, jumped and then backed away. And they're just like, oh, she's, like, the sweetest thing. She won't do anything. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> and then they, like, tried <laughs> saying, like, oh, no, like, really, like, this cat wouldn't wouldn't do anything. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard that before, too. <laughs> and. Oh, shit. See, but yeah. I feel I could truly say that about my cat. <laughs> I could truly say that about Alexander. That's what everyone thinks about 
being able to say that about their cat. Like, everyone. There's not a single person that's going to be like, oh, yeah, that that cat's like a mean little bitch. <laughs> like, I've never met a single cat owner that's been able to admit that their cat is evil. My cat is not evil. My son is a angel from God. I don't know what to address first. I the fact you, that yeah. you think that your cat is a an angel from God, or the fact that you just called your cat your son. Hey, my cat is my child, so you can kiss my ass. Wow! I don't want to accept. No, I don't want to accept that you have dead bodies in your yard. <laughs> But I'm slowly getting to that point. That's what pushes you closer to that. That I call <laughs> that I call my cat my son. Do you There's a lot of fr- things that bring it close that bring me closer, Rose. But that's just one of them. Do you know how many freaking people call their cats their children, their son, their daughter? I'm not the only one, buddy. Yeah, and I think those people are serial killers too. <laughs> you're, they're not, sp- or you're not special. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Man, I thought I was the only one that's obsessed with John Wayne Gacy. Damn it. (laughs) Shit. It's just the fact that you call your cat your son on top of being obsessed with a serial killer. With a serial killer. I don't understand how... (laughs) I don't know. That's just like such a weird being like, oh, well, Jonathan, you know, Gacy... You think that's weird? (laughs) No, just you you, you saying, oh, yeah, you calling your cat son is just weird weird like yeah that just really adds to how much i lean i'm leaning more towards that you really are a serial killer rose rose i feel like everyone who calls their cat or just pet in general their son is weird but it's not just the fact that you call your cat your son it's the fact that you are obsessed with john wayne gacy and also call your cat your son that makes me feel like "Mm." If I were to be interviewed for like 2020 when people like f- discover all the bodies and they're just like, uh, did you know? I'd be like, deep down, I feel like I did. <laughs> hey, you know, if I never have kids, that's the closest, he's the closest thing that I'll ever have to actually, you know, raising something. <laughs> Good hell. Oh my gosh. You're insane. <laughs> Anyway, getting back to Riddler, Paul Dano's performance for the Riddler was just unnerving. Like, any time the Riddler was on screen, it was just like... (sighs) It It was very tense. Did you have a hard time understanding him at all behind the mask? Uh, occasionally. Okay. Because yeah, but too. Th- like there were Just a couple sometimes. times where I had a, like a little difficulty hearing what he was saying, but for the most part, it wasn't nearly as bad as like Bane. I'll fully admit, like when this comes to HBO Max, uh, I think it's April nineteenth. Um, I will definitely be going back and like watching every Riddler scene with subtitles on just to make sure that I got every single line correct. Yeah. Like, ironically enough, I feel like I had the most difficult time hearing him during the riddles. That's funny. 
But yeah, so uh, Paul Dano's my number two. And honestly, for just what he brought to the performance, I'm giving my number one to Jeffrey Wright. Re- okay. I like it. Uh, minus and this kills two. me. And I've thought about it really hard, but Robert Pattinson's like number four for me. Okay. And not not in a bad way. Like the these people are just so close together. And like and I'll I'll definitely be reflecting it in my my acting score. I thought that like the acting in this was incredible. Um but yeah, just if I if I'm ranking them, Jeffrey Wright was like top performance for me. I think he did an incredible job playing Commissioner Gordon. Or Lieutenant Gordon. That's so weird having to say that. Yeah, not quite the the commissioner yet. Yeah, we're not there yet. But he, he just brought like so much to to the plate. Like his I feel like the relationship between Bruce or Batman and Gordon has never felt like a a partnership until this movie. Like it's always felt like Batman knows something that Gordon doesn't and Gordon's just kind of always kept out of the loop until it's like convenient for Batman. And, yeah, that's a good point. But in in this, like they they say on multiple occasions, like you're the only person I trust. Like, and they say that a lot throughout this. Like, like I only trust you. And then even Gordon, he says, like the only person I trust right now is you. Like it to Batman. Yeah, and Gordon helps Batman escape helps him like he knows like there's not like a single moment where where gordon starts to question batman and i don't know i just i really like that dynamic like it's nice when when batman freaking brings people into his like circle <laughs> that's true that's very true so yeah, but just because I, I I do want to talk about him, Robert Pattinson's Batman was oh, so good. Like he is such an incredible actor. Like he doesn't he doesn't like try and oversell anything. Like he he knows who he's there to play, and he played him really well. Like I don't feel he overacted. I don't think he underacted. I think he he gave a master performance for this new this new Batman. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah. So, uh, where are you at with your uh, your acting grade? Since everyone was so perfectly cast in this film, just ugh, everyone. Literally everyone was just chef kiss, chef's kiss. I'm going to 95. 
I'm actually right there with you. Hell yeah. Yeah, so that averages our acting score to a 95. All right, moving on over to character development. I have a lot of thoughts on this one, and they are all positive. <laughs> okay, good. I was going to say, if they're negative, we might have some uh, choice words here. Yeah, so I still need to gather my thoughts a little bit more. So you want to take this one first? Uh, sure, I would love to. Um, so kind of like what I was saying earlier, I love that we start out, this movie focuses on a Batman that hasn't been Batman for literally a lifetime, like a career. Um, this is only Bruce Wayne being Batman for two years, so he's still trying to get his footing. Um, you see, like we like we talked about. You see him, you see him mess up. You see him uh, not being able to solve all of Riddler's riddles. He is um, too late on on. I, I wouldn't say a. I don't know, Caleb. Would you say he was too late on a lot of Riddler's riddles, or like half of them? I wouldn't say he was too late on some. What would you say? <sighs> like, he was pretty quick with, like, with the, the draw. Like, um, with, the, oh, what's his face? The DA that got his face blown up. And, like, he was able to answer those riddles pretty quick. Um... The only trouble that he really came into in, in that situation was the DA not cooperating. That That's... Okay, that's fair. I mean, I just can't remember how many riddles there were because he unfortunately didn't make it in time for when Alfred got uh, blown up at Wayne Manor. He didn't make it in time for the, the, um, the vans. Um... Were there any other riddles that he failed? Not failed, but you know. Yeah. Make it in time? I'm trying to think of any, but yeah, I think those were the big ones. Like, definitely when the guy got blown up. Definitely when Alfred was put in danger. Like, yeah, there, there were a few that he was a little late on. But, I mean, he did make the, the call. It was just Alfred was being super freaking difficult to get a hold of that's okay oh, that's fair actually well, it happened an hour yeah prior. so you oh, wait a minute so he so he was pretty late yeah okay so yeah there there was a few like he kind of just fell into riddler's traps yeah, like for the true. most part, the only one that he was able to foil was the assassination of the new mayor. That yeah, that is true. That is very true. Um, so yeah, so seeing that, seeing him, of course, you know, get getting shot at and having to doesn't he uh, inject himself with um, God, what does he inject himself with? I thought it was like some sort of adrenaline. That's what I thought too. Um, but I did kind of have a quick thought about what it may have been. Like, if it wasn't have... just, like, straight-up adrenaline. What What do you think it was? I felt, or thought that it seemed really similar to the stuff that Bane uses. 
I think Ooh, it's called okay. I think it's called like Venom. Like that's the name uh, of like the the stuff it gives uh Bane like super strength. And but I, I honestly I feel like it could have just been adrenaline, but that's what I instantly like where my mind went when he pulled that out and like injected himself and he just like Rah! like went crazy. I was just yeah. like, Oh shit, was that like Bane's venom? <laughs> um so yeah like yeah. I, I that's where my mind went but honestly no, it probably fair. was just adrenaline <laughs> uh but yeah so you know seeing uh seeing that happening and just just watching him throughout the movie uh continue to learn um how he can be the best batman that he can be for Gotham City and how towards the end he discovers that he shouldn't he um doesn't need to be vengeance he needs to be hope um for Gotham because that's that's what Gotham really needs um so yeah amazing character arc for Bruce Wayne and Batman in this film um got yeah i really have like no problems um what about you Caleb yeah, I I absolutely agree with you. The like I said, this is a a side of Batman that we've never gotten to see before. Like he's he's always just kind of beat up the criminals and and run away. Like he's never been like out in the open helping the community like he was in this. He he was able to take down the people that needed to be taken down. And I feel like the, the moment when he hears that Riddler lackey say that he, like, I am vengeance. Like it kind of puts, it kind of gave me, um, killing joke vibes. Where, I mean, Matt Reeves did say he did get inspiration from that comic for this film. So, yeah, but just, like, that whole discussion of, like, Batman and the Joker are basically two sides of the same coin. And it was just kind of like this situation. Like, I think when, like, he went over, like, ju- just fresh out of going to the prison with with Riddler, or going to Arkham with, with Riddler, and him thinking, like, we're a team like we're such a good team aren't we and batman's just like what the hell are you talking about and he's just like you you basically like helped my plan (laughs) like you've you've and then like realizing like oh you didn't do it on purpose (laughs) (laughs) and just that like sudden realization like thinking that they like riddler this entire time thought that they were on the same side yeah and then it was like at that moment that he realized that oh you've been trying to like stop me, <laughs> <laughs> like you haven't just been going along with my game like you've been trying to stop me and like this isn't how it's supposed to go, blah 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 blah. And I think the final straw with that was hearing that that guy say like I am vengeance. Because that's like exactly what he said at the beginning of the movie. And it was almost like a 
a switch flipped in him. And he's like, just realizes, oh, I, this, I don't need to be vengeance for the city. There's enough of that going around. What I need to be is like that, that light of hope. Or just that I need to bring hope to Gotham and the thinking of like a different way to do that, not necessarily with with violence or or whatnot. So. Yeah, just just seeing him become that, like in such a literal sense too, like saving the, the crowd of people and guiding them out of danger and and helping them get the help that they need and i think what what really like set that off or like set that um that thought off for me was when he was uh putting that lady in the uh the national guard like helicopter thing and she like grabs onto him and he like kind of just gives her that nod like you'll be okay. Oh yeah, I love that part. Yeah, like you could you could tell that he was like s- slightly shocked by it, but then like taking that moment of realization to see like oh, she's looking to me as like a guide. And yeah, it's just it's just it's a side of Batman that we've never seen before, and it was like, like I've, I've said, it was really refreshing to see. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. This is a freaking tough one too. <laughs> if I have my personal score for this. Or like my what score I'm gonna give it. Because we see very clearly that that line of thinking. I think I'm I'm sitting at a, a ninety for character development. Like it was it was just really well done. You know what? I'm gonna match you on that. I absolutely agree with you. Alrighty, well that averages out to a 90. Uh, moving on over to effects. <sighs> this was pretty good. Yeah, the effects were pretty solid. Um, I I mean, I feel the bat signal looked amazing. Um, I, I'll fully admit, when they first showcased uh, the new Batman symbol, I wasn't the biggest fan, on, fan of it. Um... But it's definitely grown on me. I like it now. Oh yeah, it, it it's definitely grown on me too. Like I I wasn't a big fan of like a lot of stuff. Like I wasn't the biggest fan of the the suit or the the cowl or just a lot of that. But for what this Batman is, it worked really well. Absolutely, because now that you know that you know it's only two years in, he's still trying to, he's honestly trying to still get that perfect armor that he needs for Batman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think, 
I mean, we'll get into that with with costumes and and whatnot. That's true. But in motion, like I don't feel like this movie didn't rely on CGI effects that often. No, most of this was very very practical. And can we talk about that Batmobile chase? With uh, holy shit, bro! Incredible. Oh my gosh, that. Dude, how the hell were they able to make that, like, they made that Batmobile somehow more intimidating than Christian Bale's freaking Tumblr? Right? And that's an impossible fleet, feat, whatever. Yeah, the freaking um, Tumblr's a tank. Yeah. But they did it. They and, did it. <laughs> Dude, when I... <sighs> When you see the engine start to get like red hot and almost glowing like eyes, I was just like, oh, "Shit's about to get real." <laughs> like and just like the sound of the freaking jet engine on the back of that damn car. Holy balls, dude! This was a that was a super tense car chase. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I didn't even know if Penguin was going to make it. Well, technically, okay, I take that back. Because in the trailers, you can clearly tell that he makes it out alive. But if they hadn't have shown the trailer, I feel there could have been a good chance that you thought that the Penguin wasn't going to make it out alive. Yeah. Um. Now that I'm thinking about it, when when he's walking towards the car, when it's flipped upside down, I feel like they could have cut out the scene where he was like ducking down and looking. That That's fair. Like, I think it would have just been like walking towards him and then cut to the, the interrogation with him. Like, I, like a super minor complaint, like just um, also just immediately after like a badass car chase. Yeah. But, Holy shit, bro. That Batmobile. <laughs> it was insane. I wasn't sure how like a muscle car would work as the Batmobile. This is top three Batmobiles for me now. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I would agree with you. Like, I would absolutely agree with you. I was never like the biggest fan of the of the tumbler, but this freaking blew that one out of the water. <laughs> like it was so good, it was so freaking good. Like I loved how they like the use of uh, the darkness in this, and just like the way that like the shit that they were able to pull with the the darkness, like. In the beginning, when he's walking through the hallway, like that oh, was freaking yeah. scary as shit. Like they were so good about building tension, and then like they did the exact same freaking thing with the the Batmobile. And I, oh, so, so good, so good. Um, hell, like I feel like the only like CGI effects that I wasn't super impressed with were maybe some of the like 
when he's hanging off of the um the jumbotron looking thing at the the end fight like you could tell that that was fake <laughs> okay that's fair like had a lot of like rubberiness to it but for the m- most part like there was only a couple moments where i felt like that and one of them was when he jumped off in his wingsuit which that looked weird it yeah it did like i wish that he had mastered the art of having his cape just turn into wings yeah i i i hope they fix that (laughs) i hope so too man i hope so too but yeah what like I thought, like, the idea was pretty cool. I'm like, oh, he changed into a wingsuit. That's pretty bitchin'. And then when I, like, saw it, <laughs> when he was, like, like standing on that gargoyle and, like, spread out, like, he looked like a freaking pillowcase. <laughs> Dude, and then he jumps up. off and, hell, it didn't even freaking work that well. Like, I want to know what the hell plan A was. <laughs> like, he opened the damn parachute underneath, like, right before going underneath a bridge. And then he's suddenly, like, shocked that he, like, swings and hits the freaking bridge from underneath. Like, yeah, no shit, man. What do you think was going to happen? <laughs> and... um, <laughs> so, I can't remember. Um, makeup, does that go... Do we include that with effects or costumes? <sighs> um, costumes. Okay, alright, cool. Just wanted to confirm. Thank you. It, that's that. It is kind of a tough one, huh? Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um. Shit. I don't think we could get away with not talking about the f- prosthetics they used on. Uh. Colin Farrell. No. Oh my God. Oh. I remember. Um. I forget his name. That plays a uh, Falcone. Um, he said, like his first day on set, he he didn't recognize Colin Farrell at all, until like he actually, like you know, started talking with him. You know, mentioned who he was actually behind the makeup. He's just like, no shit, no way. <laughs> I feel that I'd be the same. He's unrecognizable, dude. Absolutely. I, oh my gosh, like that's it. That is no freaking joke. Like, I try really hard. He has the same situation that I have with Heath Ledger's Joker. I cannot see Heath Ledger to save my life. Same. And there's another character, like, from a different movie. I'm trying to remember which one. Oh, freaking Sarah Jessica Parker in um, Hocus Pocus. No matter how hard I look at her character in Hocus Pocus, I cannot see Sarah Jessica Parker. You know what? Uh, Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Like, holy... Dude. I know... Is that one technically costumes? What, makeup? Yeah. Or prosthetics? I think so. Yeah. That's how I feel, but... Whatever, like I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but oh, so freaking good. 
trying to think of like any other like special effects that stood out because everything else seemed like super practical the 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 um the stunt work with the fights was just amazing yeah god damn did batman go freaking ruthless on those on literally every single fight that he got into like damn um dude my favorite fight was when he was walking into that nightclub and was just freaking bushwhacking the hell out of people yeah that 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 was great like freaking like did he deflect a bullet with a bat i cannot remember like, there was some dude that was, like, pointing a gun at him, and he just finished beating the shit out of some dude with a bat. And then he, like, takes the bat and, like, deflects a bullet while he's throwing it, knocks the dude out, and, like, just freaking just lays waste to to these dudes. <laughs> it was, like, right before he uh, first started interacting with, uh, with Penguin. Oh. Like, that, dude, that hmm. fight was just awesome. And just, like, the fact that he kept beating up the same people, too. <laughs> like, like just throughout. Like, <laughs> the freaking twins. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> dude, th- those two guys were freaking hilarious. I... Such assholes. But that, I think that's what that made them funny to me. I would love to know who they're, like, supposed to be. Like, if they're, like, original characters or if they're, like... From anything? That's a good question. But yeah, like fr- the combat was just oh, it was just brutal. It wasn't just it wasn't like overly gory either, which I feel like you could go like that direction. But it it felt it felt good. It felt like real combat. Like Batman wasn't just like beating the shit out of people like he was also getting the shit kicked out of him like he was taking like shots to the back getting like hit in the head with freaking rifles all the time like he was not coming out like scot-free have you seen that video um i I think it's the batman beating up on the joker and he's and he just keeps like freaking laying into him and a couple of guys to the side are just like hey Dude, I think you got him. And Batman's just like, do you want some of it too? And they're just like, no, no, no. He's like, that's what I thought. Justice for Gotham. And just keeps <laughs> beating the shit out of him. Oh, my God. I, yeah, I've seen yeah. that. That's a, that's a sound on TikTok, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want what he's having? <laughs> the best one I've seen of that is uh, freaking, they did it with Lego, and it's, Tom Spider-Man beating up Green Goblin and <laughs> Toby and I think it's Toby's Spider-Man that chimes in and says that. Oh, it's freaking amazing! Oh, hell, dude! Freaking speaking of his Batman voice was was good. It was I. I honestly think I liked it better than Christian Bale's. Well, Christian Bale just went, like, too far with the gruffiness because he would go for, like, like, he almost put too much breath into it. Like, tell me where the drugs are. That's true. Like, uh, 
but yeah, Robert Pattinson just kind of went like a little. He, I wouldn't even say he went like deeper with his voice. He just kind of growled his his lines. Where yeah, it that's just, a good way to like, say Like instead it. of like Christian Bale's, tell me where the drugs are. He just kind of like, <laughs> like just went with like, uh, like just kind of grunting it. Like just like a mild grunt, just yeah. Like if he were to say the same thing, just tell me where the drugs are. <laughs> just which I I feel that's how you should do a Batman voice. Yeah, like that or freaking go Ben Affleck's voice changer. <laughs> that's true. Like the voice, uh, the voice changer was like a welcome addition to yes to Batman. Yeah, but absolutely. I mean I understand that Matt Reeves didn't want to like copy anything but yeah hit robert pattinson's batman voice is just so much incredibly better <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was good it was like special effects wise like they freaking knocked it out of the park yeah absolutely agree other than those couple rubbery looking scenes that i saw I'm fairly high with this. I think I'm 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 at it like a ninety two. Eh. No, I'm, you know what? I think I'm gonna match you there. Yeah. Alright, next up we got music. Which I guess can be like full audio too. Because yeah. they did use a lot of silence in this. To perfection. I might yeah. I appreciated the hell like i know we haven't brought it up yet but i I appreciate the hell out of the lack of jump scares because i feel like there's a couple times where they could have done one like or just done a few yeah that that's a good point like i was almost expecting one when riddler attacked the uh the mayor at the beginning but, like, with that, you just kind of, like, see him standing there and then attack, which wasn't, like, straight-up jump scare because you knew that Riddler was there. Um, But, yeah, I, I, I appreciated that. Like, I feel like he could have gone pretty hard with, like, the horror-esque feel and given us some jump scares, and I'm, I'm really glad he didn't. Like, he kind of just let the tension speak for itself. Yeah, no, that's very true. Like when he, like when Riddler attacks the mayor, it is like it's scary, but not but like a, like oh, oh shit. shit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But shit, like music wise, I, th- I'd have to say I'm at an eight with this one like I, I do feel like the music definitely enhanced all the scenes that they were given they did really well at building tension um, just the the intimidation that we would he- hear when like Batman was in the shadows and just walking around or the the silence that we would get when he's walking through the hallway full of cops I mean which did those guys have like anything else to do? Because they were, they were like the whole department was freaking there. <laughs> yeah, can we talk? I don't, I don't. There was that one cop at uh, towards the beginning, like when they first like are discovering the Riddler, 
and literally he doesn't stop Batman until he's almost past him to the point where he's just like, <laughs> yeah, whoa there, buddy. Like you he, know, only only authorized personnel. I'm like, you couldn't have stopped him back there. You literally had to wait right as he's passing you. Yeah, I know. It's just like I thought that was so freaking weird because it's like you can obviously see he's walking with Gordon. Yeah, and it's and he doesn't even give like a confused face or anything. He's he has a straight face up until the point when he's just like, <laughs> "Whoa, buddy." Oh, it's just like, what do you think you're going to do, bro? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he'll freaking beat the shit out of you and all your friends in the hallway. Exactly. <laughs> um, I loved the interactions that he had with the, the Gotham City police. Like yes, I said, this is something that we've never seen Batman do before. Like, we've never seen him work around other people. And it makes sense. Like, he's always kind of gone in after the fact and, like, found stuff that people have missed or or it's just some bullshit like that. Like, Gordon feeling like he can call Batman up and, like, do the investigation while the rest of the department's there, like, just says a lot about their relationship. And it, like I said, gives us something that we've never seen before. It's kind of like a... Oh... Not a private investigator. What the hell am I thinking of? A, um... Shit, what word am I thinking of? (laughs) Um, I wish I knew, man. I'm sorry. A... This is gonna bug the ever-living hell out of me. (laughs) A something for the department. A... Oh my hell. <laughs> consultant. That's what the word is. Consultant. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Dude, I was going through like every crime show that I could think of. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is that word? Consultant. Uh <laughs> oh, so yeah, I really like that. Um but yeah, the use of music was really good. I do feel it did lack some memorable tune, but I, I mean agree. it makes sense for yeah for this a Batman film. Yeah, it, it absolutely makes sense. Yeah, so I'm I'm sitting at an eight and for you know, music. One, once again, I'm gonna match you, man. There's a lot of matching in this episode. <laughs> yeah, a lot more than we usually have. <laughs> All right, next up we got costumes. So I think the big ones are definitely Batman's, Catwoman, Riddler, and freaking Penguin. Yes, I, I absolutely agree. Um, everyone else like had some. I mean, they were all in like cop uniforms or just detective outfits, so pretty basic stuff. Um. But honestly, I think the 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 suit that I didn't care for the most was probably Selena's. Re- I mean, I would agree with you, but really, yes. And wow. okay, okay, the suit, yes, 
her half-ass mask. <laughs> that's that's what pulled me out of it. I was that just like, just what threw the whole thing off? Yeah, that. Yeah, wow. when she's like beating the shit out of that one cop over by like by the signal, the way she has like a beanie with a hole in it, so you can see like the top part of her face pretty clearly, and then there's just like a string going across her nose. I'm like, that looks weird. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, she has, like, a top-of-the-line burglar outfit, suit, Catwoman suit, whatever, that she's wearing, and then I guess she just couldn't afford to get the matching mask, so she had to go home and make her own out of an old uh, black beanie that she had. Yeah, I wish they would have kind of taken a a note out of the uh, Christopher Nolan films and kind of done what they did and turn her ears into goggles. Yes, I absolutely agree. Um, but honestly, I feel like that's my only complaint with her suit. Everything else looked like super good. Like in regards to her, like I know that she was just wearing like like leather, but no, but still, it looked great. Like, yeah, it looked really good. Didn't feel out of place. I'm not sure how well you can move around in leather, but she seemed to do it pretty pretty well. Yeah, I would agree. Which, I mean, can we just talk about her fighting style real quick? Like, she was brutal with those kicks. Oh, yeah. Very. Like, and they, like, damn. I want to know what kind of training Zoe Kravitz had. Like, if she did her own stunts, because it seemed like she did, like, a lot of kickboxing kind of stuff. That'd be freaking awesome. Or, um, is it judo that does a lot of kicks? Some sort of fighting style that That does like a lot of, of kick work. Like it was impressive. It was super freaking impressive. Um, yeah. Then Paul Dano's Riddler (laughs) was awesome. I remember when they first showcased the outfit before this movie came. I mean, I, I can't remember how long ago they did that. But I remember I was like, oh, what the, the hell is that? Um, But after seeing it, like, in person on the big screen, I freaking loved it. Even the mask. Um, I love that. I actually love that his glasses that he wears are clear. They're, they're just clear white glasses. So I feel that just adds even more creepiness to the whole, the whole outfit. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, it, like they, I he was definitely taking or Matt Reeves was definitely taking a more realistic route, and yeah, I don't think we'd ever see like suit and tie with question marks all over it, Redler. Like ever? No, yeah, we're we're not back in the uh, Joel Schumacher age, which I, I that was like one of my favorite things that I liked about Riddler. <laughs> like oh, growing up, like I I grew up watching like Adam West Batman, and so that that is who I think of when I think of the Riddler, like the guy who was always in like a green suit and. And whatever. So, I personally missed it. 
Uh, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I'm always up for a new iteration of a character, um, especially a new design. So, um, though have... for how uh, Matt Reeves sets up this universe, I think uh, the the way that the Riddler is dressed definitely absolutely fits into this. But no, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I feel I probably didn't watch. Uh, um, oh my God! I just Adam West's Batman as much as you did, um, because honestly, I don't even think I ever watched the show. I only ever watched the movie as a kid. Um, but I do remember that. Yeah, that that Riddler is the one that I always think of when I actually think of the character. Yeah, like like I said, with for the realistic adaptation that Matt Reeves was going for, it worked out really well. It felt like some one real like someone that like like a serial killer coming up with a name like an alias for themselves wearing like just something creepy like apparently to get into the role paul dano like wrapped himself completely in uh saran wrap wow okay that's dedication yeah and he's like yeah i uh, immediately regretted it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, I would too. Yeah, but his, I mean, the suit was 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 killer. The suit was freaking yeah. killer. Um. So, yeah, I I like I like you had my issues when it was first released, and but seeing it in motion and seeing how it how well it fit into the tone of this movie, um, definitely forgiven. And completely understand where and why you guys went with that look. Um, I mean, next up, freaking Penguin. Oh, like we said, freaking unrecognizable. Yep. Prosthetics were just chef's kiss. For I swear, if this movie doesn't get nominated for the makeup alone at the Oscars next year, I'm going to be pissed. Dude, no shit. Like, yeah, the 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 makeup team on this movie, y'all need to deserve a raise for what you did to Colin Farrell, because y'all worked miracles. <laughs> you totally did. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, if this doesn't even get a nomination, freaking riots in the street. Exactly. Yeah, but I I don't know what else can be said about that costume that we already haven't freaking gawked over. <laughs> the only thing that I uh I wish it included was a umbrella and a top hat. That is the only thing I wish I would have seen the penguin wear. I hope we see that in the show that we're gonna get with him. That would make me so happy, so happy. Um, and then last up, Batman himself. Um, I will say, I did have my hesitations about Robert Pattinson playing Batman, and mostly in, like, with physique, because Robert Pattinson's a very lean person. He doesn't have a whole lot of bulk on him like Christian Bale had or um, Ben Affleck. 
I would relate it more to uh, Christian Bale, though, because freaking Ben Affleck got freaking swole for <laughs> his Batman. Yeah. Holy shit. Honestly, like, when it comes to, like, Batman, I feel he had more of the physique of uh, Michael Keaton. Like, just kind of on the, the yeah. skinnier, lanky side. I would agree with that. I like that comparison. Yeah, like, I don't feel like he started getting, like, bulky. Like, the suit definitely adds, like, a lot of muscle to him. But when, like, when the suits are off, like, I feel like their physique matches pretty well. And so it seeing a lean Batman was definitely something different. But it makes sense for the shit that Batman does. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, he's doing a lot of comp hand-to-hand combat fighting needing to be very agile and i feel like being overly bulky kind of makes that difficult yes yeah so really appreciated that the just the suit design it feels very homemade like it's it's cool how on like the side of his his mask you can see the seam lines like it was know. almost like hand sewn. How did I miss that? Like he, you can almost like see stitching in his, in his outfit. That's freaking awesome! I love that. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like his his mask kind of gives me some major Adam West vibes. And that's always a good thing. Yeah, like I think they were able to pull off like. The bigger ears. Like, he definitely had, like, the Arkham Games ears. Yes. Which I looked really good. Um, But, yeah, like, the mask felt very, like, Adam West. And, yeah, just like the rest of the suit. It looks like something that was, like, not... things. It looked like things that weren't meant to go together that were just kind of put together. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Like, like the boots. Like, the boots were, like, black combat boots. And, like, the rest of his suit, it was, like, black pants with, like, armor on them. And then just more armor as he moved up. And then the, um, like, the shoulder pads. And just, like, just basically just all armored out. And yeah. then he had like some cool attachments to his his gauntlets, and then his utility belt felt very like person personal personalized person personalized. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Pr- pronunciation's hard today. It's hard every day. Um, but yeah, so I really liked his, his bat suit altogether. And I loved that his bat was actually like something he could utilize. It was a, it was a knife, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I loved that. Like, I thought that was so cool. Like when he pulled that out and like was using it, I'm like, that's the shit. Yeah, I definitely agree to that. Like, it's not quite, like, 
batarangs or anything, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> Which, I mean, I loved... I, I really like batarangs, but I'm kind of glad that they didn't throw them in here. Th- yeah, that's fair. I feel that's definitely something that Batman probably... I mean, I don't really know the character of Batman that much. I re- I've never read a Batman comic in my life. Um, and so, but I would just assume that that's something that Batman doesn't start to, like, adapt or, like, come up with until later, kind of a little later on into his career as Batman. Like, maybe around, like, year five or a little more, a little more on. Yeah, I think the only reason they even, like, well, obviously, the reason they threw him into like Michael Keaton, Van or Val Kilmer, and uh, George Clooney was because that's just kind of something that they had in the Batman comics. Yeah, Christian Bale threw them in because they're like, oh, he was trained by ninjas. <laughs> ninjas use use ninja stars. So, yeah, and then this one, I I'm I'm kind of glad that they didn't, and I hope that we get like a good reason if he ever does get um batarangs yes i i absolutely agree like the only way that i would accept that is if he was like in the middle of some sort of combat and he needed to throw the his his bats <laughs> so or knives at someone and he's like that was useful <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, overall, like the the outfits were just killer, like absolutely killer. I'm trying to think if there were any, if there's any reason why I wouldn't give this a ten, but I can't think of any. <laughs> Good, because I can't either. <laughs> okay, ten it is. All right, last up, we got our own personal grade. So you want to take this one first? I would love to. Um, so overall, this is a great solo Batman film. Um, it did drag in a couple spots for me. Um, but uh, overall, the the story is great. The acting is amazing. Um, the costumes are just, oh my God, chef kiss. The makeup, prosthetics, especially on the Penguin. Oh my God, just... I can't I can't say enough good about those. Um yeah, um Robert Pattinson is great. This is uh, a great introduction to his Batman and um I honestly can't wait uh to see what we uh, get next from uh this uh Batman um film series cuz I I want to say that they're they plan on re- releasing two more films along with the TV series. Um so yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see what happens next. Um, so, um, uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna go solid ninety. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm on the same boat as you. This was a really solid movie like genuine surprise for me like i i i was expecting it to be good i I wasn't expecting it to be this good um but also there were like we did say it drags in some 
parts. Probably could have been cut down by a few minutes. And I, unfortunately, I feel like the rewatchability on this is might be a little low. Because, and it's it's not necessarily that this movie isn't like rewatchable. It's this movie is so long. <laughs> it'd be like it'd be really hard to sit down and rewatch this. And that's something I kind of try to take in it into account with with uh with movies. But I mean it has enough rewatch value where you could go back and pick up some some different things and maybe some different themes as well. Um but I I overall thoroughly enjoyed this movie. And and yeah, I I am very excited to see what the uh, the future of uh, Battenson has. <laughs> <laughs> so I might be a little bit lower. I think I'm going to go to an 88, which averages us out to an 89. I really thought that you would actually be higher. Like. <sighs> Maybe Objectively I was speaking, a... I I thought this movie was really good. Like being a critic, super good. As of like I said, like with me like personally, it wasn't my favorite superhero movie. It was a yeah. really good like I put this one kind of on the same level as uh, like personally speaking, personally speaking. I'd put this on the same level as The Dark Knight. See, I would rank The Dark Knight a lot, not a lot higher, but definitely higher. And the fact that you put rewatchability into the whole mix, like, dude, yeah, I'm sorry. That makes me change my score. So, yeah, I'm dropping it to an 87. <laughs> Shit, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I didn't think about the whole rewatchability thing and the, how much yeah that actually does affect my score. Cause honestly, I'm probably gonna see this like maybe once more, um, just to catch the moments that I miss the twenty, uh, the twenty seconds that I dozed off a couple times. Um, and that's probably gonna be seeing it again in theaters because you know I want to see those on the big screen, but um. Other than that, and like you know, when it comes to HBO Max, like just going through the Riddler scenes and seeing if seeing if I caught every single thing that he said, like even when this comes out on 4K, I don't even know how long it will be till I actually watch the movie. Like, will I buy the Steelbook if they make if they do do one, which I'm sure they will? Hell yeah, of course I'll buy that. Like, I'll I'll pre-order that shit because you know I gotta have that in my collection. But will I watch it anytime soon after it does come out? Probably not. Yeah, unfortunately. It's just, it's just the fact that it's so long. Yeah. It's I'm I'm so, like you know I know many people can make will make the argument, "Oh yeah, but Endgame was through over 3 hours." Yeah, but, but it, it doesn't kinda, feel like it. It does not. <laughs> and I'm not saying the Batman didn't earn the right to be close to 3 hours, but I feel Endgame did more. It was the accumulation of over 10 years of films. Yeah. Like it, it honestly kind of needed to be three hours to fully wrap up that uh, that storyline. Agreed. This one, it's 
like you said, it, it's not that it didn't deserve to be that long. It it definitely earned it earns most of its time. Yes. But just the fact that we can like like I it, okay, I'll say this, it kept my attention throughout the entire movie. Okay. But there was a point where I thought that it was starting to wrap up. And was like, okay, and like check the time and realized I still had like 40 minutes left. What part was it? Do you remember? Um, it was like right before they were, they found Redler. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So it was like right before then, like, I, uh, oh, it was during, like while they were talking to the, the cop or like when Catwoman was like beating the shit out of the cop and she's just like, Oh yeah. Like Falcone is my, is my father and we need to go like <laughs> end him. And he like, he, like when they were having that conversation, I'm like, okay, so they're going to get to the point like soon where they find Riddler. Carmine's probably going to die. Like I was kind of just going through that. I'm like, okay, it's, it's like, we're good for a little while. And then I checked the time and it was like, because I, I, my movie started at, at noon, and so I knew, like, about three hours, like, it'd be around three that it ended. Yeah. And I, I checked the time, and it was, like, 2.11. <laughs> I was like, holy shit! <laughs> like, so you're hell. telling me that you pulled out your phone during the movie. I can't like, believe My phone that. vibrated, and I just wanted to make sure it wasn't Brielle. And so, I, yeah, I, I checked. Still, I checked. I checked I the time. I checked. The, I, I can't screw you. you. No one was around. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, it was a matinee showing at noon on a Tuesday. Oh yeah, dude. Damn, dude. Yeah, when I saw it, freaking Saturday night, it was a full house. I mean, I loved it. It was nice, but oh my god, don't get me started about how many freaking people I saw on their phones for more than thirty seconds during the movie. Yeah, that is completely unacceptable. I was unacceptable. so pissed off. One was to my left, and then one was all the way down by the freaking screen. I was ready to have a freaking heyday. Dude, there was some dude freaking narrating the entire movie. What the fuck? Like, like not... Narrating is a strong word. But at any time... <laughs> the Batman, directed by Matt Like, when, when they did the whole reveal of, like, the Riddler, and yeah. he's like call like he calls himself the riddler and like the, there was just like some old senile dude in the in the corner that's like the riddler and i i like looked over and i'm like come on dude and then later <laughs> like they're talking about like the penguin and he's like penguin like like cobble pot <laughs> like there were so many, like, there was a few people, like, there wasn't that many people in my theater, but we, like, kept looking over at him. <laughs> we're just like, come on, bro. Like, what the shit? And then, like, um... Oh, and then when, when Carmine Falcone got shot, he's just like, oh, he dead. And we're like, dude! <laughs> dude, I was true. Oh, dude, I would have been like, shut the fuck up. Up, 
dude. Yeah, dude, no joke. <laughs> like, this is just one of those scenarios where I'm just like, I can't wait for VR to take over the world so I can just, like, not deal with people. Dude, it's like, th- it's these it's these people, why people don't like going to the movies anymore. And I'm starting to get to that point because y'all are freaking ruining my favorite way to escape this god-awful world. <laughs> good hell. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. But, dude, it's, it's, it's true. It's like, people go to the movies to, to escape. And... You freaking ruin it. Like, you pull us out of the the movie-going experience, and that's just, like, complete and utter bullshit. Like, even a guy did it when I saw uh, Jackass Forever. He was on his phone constantly during the movie. I'm just like, dude, like, seriously? Guys getting shot in the nuts or, you know, freaking ran over or puking all day long? That doesn't get... Like, you knew what you came into this like, for. You like, you paid to be here, asshole! So freaking watch them get the shit beat out of each other, sh- the shit beat out of each other, and enjoy it. Get off your freaking phone. Yeah, Th- this is exactly why I will advocate for VR movie watching over going to the theater. Like you know what I'm I'm starting to like really get on your side and I never I mean I've been on your side because you know like I have a VR headset, um, but I wasn't you know like completely there yet because you know I just love the movie going experience it's something special, but I'm getting to the point where it's people just keep freaking ruining it to me for me to where I don't really want to come back. Yeah, dude, I I went on. I jumped on big screen for a little bit the other day. Yeah. And went to a public room where they were watching um passengers. Nice. And there was some dude in in that in that room that came up and like was talking to me or like attempting to talk to me. And I just, I went, I like clicked on his character and like blocked him and he disappeared. Oh, if only that could happen in real life. Yeah. Like there, and what was great about it too, is like there was enough people in there. Like I could hear people talking, like making like little comments here and there, just kind of like the BS that we, we do when we watch movies. Yeah. And so I, I kept them on, but there was like this dude that was just like getting in my face and he's like hey dude hey 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 and so i like blocked him (laughs) and he disappeared yeah if only that was real life yeah i know i'm like (laughs) can't get that in real life nope (laughs) like in real life i'd have to knock that dude on his ass (laughs) (laughs) anyway um with your adjusted score um, the personal grade came to an 87.5. So the final, or so that concludes this breakdown and the final all bros letter grade for the Batman has come to a, an A minus. Oh shit. Hell yeah. That's, that is genuinely surprising to me because with how, I, I did not think it was going to reach that because we were like, 
in the low 90s for a lot of these categories. And I thought the music and our personal grade were going to bring it down more. Yeah, that's fair. I would have thought the same. Yeah, so Sin had an A minus. Like that's that's really good. I I wasn't sure. I'm I'm happy it it, it got there, but I I wasn't sure it was going to. All right. So it is sitting at a ninety one point six two percent. Wow. Yeah. So. Let's see. It is. I do below first, right? Or what? Uh, what it's so. a or what's above it? Dude, I feel so bad. I honestly can't remember. <laughs> okay, I'll just go up first. Okay. All right. So the Batman is sitting at a ninety-one point six two percent, and I will be comparing it to other A minus movies that we have scored. So at a ninety-one point six two, that puts it below Logan. Which is at a 91.81. It puts it below Our Friend, which is at a 92.12. It is below Never Be Done, which is at a 92.21. Puts it below The Eternals, which is at a 92.25. Oh, we're going to get a lot of heat for that. (laughs) I don't totally disagree with it though oh i don't either i enjoyed (laughs) eternals more than the batman i'll say it on my deathbed yeah and then finally it puts it below a beautiful day in the neighborhood which is at a 92.31 speaking of that movie have you watched that movie since we like first saw it in theaters and reviewed it have you watched (laughs) it again no yeah, me neither. I've I've wanted to recently. I don't know why. Because I want to see if it actually does still live up to what we gave it. Yeah, same here. Hmm. Might have to go back and, and rewatch that. Yeah. We should watch that on big screen. Oh, that'd be cool. Alright. Going down. <laughs> We're gonna catch some shit. Oh god. <laughs> Um, so it is above Coco, which Ooh. is at a 91.4. Uh, it is also above Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which is at a 91.20. You know what? I agree. You said it's above that, right? Above, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I agree with that. <laughs> um, let's see. It's above Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is at a 91.1. Okay. Uh, it's above How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, which is at a solid 91. Right. <laughs> it's oh. above Spider-Man Far From Home, the untrained eye slash Crasson Taz updated score, <laughs> which is at a 90.93. <laughs> And now a future episode will become round three of Crash and Taz and Untrained Eyes Breakdown of Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Um, that Yes, it is still above Spider-Man Far From Home, but it's a, above the score that Untrained Eye and Crash and Taz gave it on their own. Oh, okay. 
So that is like their own scores. Like not our combined. Oh. Okay. So, yeah, my bad. No, you're good, man. Um still though I feel I feel that they'll they're gonna come back for round three though, just to push it higher than the Batman. Yeah, good At least Vic luck will. with that. At least Vic will. <laughs> well that's what they tried doing this go round. <laughs> that yeah, you know what? Fair enough. Um, and then the last one, it's above Tusk, which is at a ninety point seven nine. So okay, yeah. okay. Honestly, I feel it has a, a decent home. Like it's not uh, yeah, above anything that I I like better. It's not or it's not above anything that it doesn't deserve to be. Honestly, I feel like the only argument you can make is Coco. Yeah, I I would agree. But I mean, like the margins are so freaking close. Like it's not even funny. <laughs> like funny. You'd have to get nine movies away before you're even a full percentage difference. Wow, damn. Like all the movies that I listed are within one percent of the Batman. Wow. Like the first movie that's a that's a full percentage above Batman is Encanto. Which and then so yeah, and then the first movie lower than a full percentage or lower that's a full percentage lower is Little Women. Oh, I love that movie. Right? That movie's so good. But yeah, it, it like the the margins are so freaking tight. Like I I forget how tight the margins are. Like with an A minus. So with an A minus there it's literally a four percent window. Because we go from a 90% to a 94%. Or a 93.99%. So it's like the, the margins are super close. So when... Like, this, is, this is why we came up with this system. Because like we can categorize these all day long. And we can say, like objectively speaking, like what movies are better than what. And just knowing that they're so freaking close together. Like, this is between, like, the Batman and, yeah, the Batman's in between, like, our A-minus movies. Our number one A-minus movie is War of the Planet of the Apes. Hell yeah. Hey, and our last, movie. yeah, and our last A-minus movie is The Matrix. Okay. Like, it, it's, like, the... the the margins are super close. The like super freaking close. Like the difference between the Matrix and freaking War of the Planet of the Apes is three <laughs> percent. Wow. So yeah. Not disagreeing with this in the slightest. No, I'm not either. Well, anyway, I do believe that concludes this week's breakdown. Um, if you like this episode, want to check out more of our stuff, be sure to follow them, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are 
basically everywhere. Uh, you can also catch all of our episodes on YouTube. Um, be sure to follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the All Bros. When you can DM us if you have an episode idea, want to answer our question of the week when we post those <laughs> occasionally. Someday. Yeah. And, or if you want to join us for an episode, we would love to have you on. Uh, you can also email us if you want to at gmail.com or check out our website, tinyurl.com forward slash theallbros. Links to everything will be in the description. And the website's the easiest way to find everything that we do, social media, if you want merch, all of it. Like, best way to do it. Um, Alright, next week, we will be breaking down... Is this Pixar? Yes, it is. We'll be breaking down Pixar's <laughs> Turning Red. I know if I get it wrong, you're you're gonna give me shit about it. So I mean, that's true. <laughs> it's, it's better you to know ask. What? I didn't. I just found out today that um the director of Turning Red is uh the same lady that uh, directed. Do you remember that short Pixar film Bow? But ba- oh, no joke. Yeah, with like the dumpling. Oh, I love that short. Yeah, that. Th- yeah, this is her directing this movie. Noise. Yeah. I think that's, that was freaking awesome. And it's getting rave reviews, so... Good. Good. Dude, I was so worried about this one being, like, bad. <laughs> I was, too. I've <laughs> One of the best... Rev- I've, I've heard it's it's the horniest Pixar movie that, uh... <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so this is going to be an interesting watch, but I can't wait to watch this. Dude, hell yeah. I'm I'm so ready. I'm so ready for this movie. Freaking Friday, man. March 11th. Hell yeah. Dude, I uh Iris has a doctor's appointment that I I'm I'm taking her to. Yeah. So, me and her are probably going to watch it together. Aww. I hope you both enjoy it. I hope so, too. But anyway, you guys can look forward to that next week. But until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we'll catch you guys next time. Deuces. So long. You know what I should have done? It Herbert acting as Batman. That's what I should have done. <laughs> Damn it. I'm Batman. No. Yeah, that was a lot worse than I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, <laughs> dude, same. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that was something.